0: Uh, Good evening, Horizon West and surrounding communities. We know we've got people coming from uh, a variety of different places right around here. Uh, We also, as Marcy shared with you, we have people from all over the world every Sunday that worship right here in this auditorium and call Horizon West Church home. And so for them, I want to wish you Feliz Natal, Feliz Navidad, Joye Noel, And Merry Christmas. We are so glad that you're here for Christmas at Horizon West. I want to recognize those of you that are first time with us uh, in the room here and first time at a Horizon West church service. We're especially glad that you would give us part of your Christmas Eve time. Maybe you're here visiting family. Maybe you're newer to the area. But for whatever reason, this is your first time here. We are so glad that you're here. It's an honor and privilege to have you And then I also want to recognize a group of people that's not always in the room with us on Sunday mornings, and that is our children and students. So kids, I'm going to give you permission to do something you don't often get to do in church. If you are a toddler, a uh, uh, elementary school student, a middle school or high school student, would you just on the count of three shout so we know you're here? You ready? One, two, three. I love it. Man, I love that sound. That's a beautiful, beautiful sound. And listen, if you've got one of those kids, please, please, please do not be concerned about them fidgeting or making noise. Uh, There's a reason we want them in the room. We wanted to gather as one uh, church, one community tonight, and so we're honored that they're here. Please do not feel any stress about uh, them. If they come up here, I'll just send them back to you. We'll be fine. That's not going to be a problem. Well, this evening is the culmination of a lot of prayer, a lot of preparation, uh, a lot of invitation. And uh, what you're going to experience tonight is, is a Christmas message, as you would not be surprised to know, but it is also the culmination of a series that we've been doing the last several Sundays here at Horizon West Church, and we've called that series Christmas With Us. It's been anchored in the message that the angels brought in Luke chapter 2 and that you just heard read by one of our children on that video. That message basically went like this to a group of shepherds the angel said do not be afraid we bring good news of great joy for all people and was followed by a multitude of the heavenly host of angels saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace on earth Each week we've took a part of that message and tonight we're going to look at that last part of the angelic message that says peace on earth I'm going to throw up a picture behind me, and uh, this is a picture of the most peaceful place in the world. This is not like me saying this. This was a a global uh, peace index study. Does anybody know where this is? You can just get the country right. Shout it out. Who said Iceland? That's right. It is Iceland. Okay? Um, I have been to Iceland one time. Uh, I only was in the airport. It was not a peaceful experience, but that story is going to wait for another time. The Global Peace Index actually lists Iceland for, I think, the 11th year in a row as the most peaceful place in all of the world. This is a a combination of, you know, militarization and political stability and internal and external conflict. And so, if you're looking for a place to find some peace, we recommend Iceland. Now, you might not be as encouraged to know the United States shows up 129 on the list, followed immediately by Brazil. So, listen... We got some work to do. The reality is that throughout the world we see pockets of relative peace, but we don't yet see truly peace on earth. We haven't seen peace in Afghanistan for more than 20 years. We haven't seen peace in Nigeria since July or in uh, Russia or Ukraine since February. We didn't see peace in America in the summer of 2020 or in January of 2021. The reality is we don't see true peace on earth in most parts of our world, much less the whole of it. And, And poets over the centuries in the West have lamented and longed for a different reality lamenting the current reality, longing for a different one. In the 19th century, it was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow who said these words, In despair I bowed my head, there is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. The 20th century version of this was from John Lennon who said, Imagine there's no countries, it isn't hard to do, nothing to kill and die for, no religion to. Imagine all the people living life in peace. And in our own century, Matis Yahu, the Jewish rapper and poet, said all my life I've been waiting for, I've been praying for, for the people to say that we don't want to fight no more. There'll be no more wars and our children will play one day, one day, one day. The truth is that the world that Jesus left in about 30 AD looked a lot like the world he came into about 33 years before that. The Romans still ruled the world with an iron fist. The powerful still preyed on the powerless. People still experienced loss and anxiety and insecurity and suffering and death and they still do to this day. In fact, in a room of this many people, including those watching online, I know for certain that there are some who are bringing in with you this evening, this Christmas Eve holiday on the verge of Christmas, not peace on earth, but tension, turmoil, loneliness, and isolation. And it begs the question, did the angel's promise of peace on earth fail or asked another way, did Christmas really change anything? After all, what I want to do for the next maybe 12 minutes to 15 minutes is answer that question by answering two other questions. First, in what way did Jesus come to establish peace? What what did Jesus mean, peace on earth? And secondly, for whom is this peace possible? Would you look with me at the first of those questions? In what way did Jesus come to establish peace? Well, it was not in the way of the Romans who ruled the world at the time. Historians look at the, the 200 years beginning with Caesar Augustus's rule over the Roman Empire, and they call it the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. But in fact, that peace came at uh, the, the cost of a lot of conquest. It was stability through the sword, power through persecution. How different was the way of Jesus. In fact, it was Jesus who, right before his crucifixion on a Roman cross, said to one of his followers, Peter, put away your sword, because those who draw the sword will die by the sword. It was Jesus who said to the one who had uh, uh, ability to cause, cause him to live or die, Pontius Pilate, and Jesus said, if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight, but my kingdom is not of this world. The truth is that the peace on earth that the angels promised in Luke 2 was not a law to be enforced on mankind, rather it was an invitation to a new way of being in the world. A way that could be insulted and yet not retaliate. A, a way that could be wronged personally and yet choose to forgive. A way that could even be killed and freely lay down its life, much like Jesus himself did on that Roman cross. And it was on that cross, what one hymn writer called the old rugged cross, that peace with God would become available and accessible for you and for me. The Apostle Paul, the great Christian of the first century, the great missionary and writer, said it this way in Colossians chapter 1 In Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through Jesus to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Friends, I want you to know this evening, this Christmas Eve, that Jesus knew something in the first century that none of the Caesars that would follow and none of the politicians and power brokers of our day understand. And it's this, external peace on earth is the result of internal peace in the human heart. In other words, when we pray, as many of us do, thy kingdom come, what we're praying is that God would manifest his kingdom in the hearts of people. That's why it's immediately followed by thy will be done. The kingdom of God doesn't come until the will of God is done by peace reigning in the human heart. You know this to be true intuitively, don't you? You, you, you want something more than money and a lot of it in your bank account. What you really want is financial peace. You don't want or need the the perfect and ideal marriage. What you long for is relational peace. You don't need a life free of conflict completely. What you need to know is internal, spiritual, and emotional peace. You get this, and the truth this evening is that Jesus came to establish lasting peace in the hearts of people like you and me. So that's the way that Jesus came to bring peace. Who is this peace possible for? Second question, for whom is this possible? Look with me at Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Again, this is the angel's message to the shepherds. The angels say this, Glory to God in the highest of heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor would rest. Now this word favor, it's of course, it's written in the New Testament, which is not written in English nor in Latin or Portuguese or Spanish, it's written in Greek. And that word favor in the original language is the word eudokia. And one of our translations, the King James Version, translates that word as goodwill. Many of you have heard the Christmas message in that way, peace on earth, goodwill to men. But the truth is that it goes way beyond mere goodwill. Jesus did not come with warmest wishes and kindest regards when he came to earth. What he came with was the favor of God. That's why the ESV, the English Standard Version, renders that word, eudokia, as favor or grace. It's the manifest presence of God in which God takes pleasure on people. It is both personal and it is specific. I might say it this way, Jesus came to redeem a people in whom he could take great pleasure, a people who would know the full favor of God. And here's the really, really good news. This favor or pleasure of God is not something that we can earn, nor is it something that we can lose. Cannot be earned and cannot be lost. It's not something we could add or subtract by our thoughts, our words, or actions because it is a gift that God gives freely out of his own goodwill and pleasure. Many of you, like me, have some of these wrapped under your trees. Kids, let me ask you, how many of you have at least a present under your tree this evening? Have any of you kids already opened any of your presents? Have any of you snuck into... No, 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 I'm not going to ask that. Never mind. Never <laughs> mind. We understand the giving of gifts at Christmas, that there's some things that are true about it, right? We all, we all understand this. When we give a gift, it is a personal gift. Thought goes into the kind of gift that would be right for the person that we're giving it to. I have two daughters and a son, and we didn't just buy a bunch of things and go eeny, meeny, miny, mo. We said, this one's for Addison, this one is for Olivia, this one is for Jonah. The gift is Personal. It's also specific. We're, we're going to put their name on the gift. In fact, this has one of my children's names on it. It will go back under the tree tonight. And as you give gifts, you, you're assigning those to a specific person with a name, someone you know. It is personal. It is also specific. And most importantly, it's not a gift unless it's given freely. Can I tell you that the gift of God that comes through the story Of a baby in a manger who became a man who died on a cross for you. A man who said while he was bleeding out on that Roman cross, it is finished. The favor of God has come is also personal. God knows you. He knows your story. He knows the places where peace does not reign in your heart. And he doesn't judge you for it. He holds it compassionately. The gift of God is also specific The Bible says that God knows even the hairs on our our heads. Now, for some of you, that's not too impressive. But for others, it's not that God cares about your hair. The point is God knows the intimate and the intricate details of your life. His gift is personal. It is also specific. And most importantly, and if you hear nothing else this evening in our songs, in the message, in the announcements, in the time together, would you please hear this? The gift of God is free to the one who receives it. It is free to the one who receives it. John 3.16, the most famous verse in all the Bible, says it this way, God so loved the world that he gave. Can I go one step further? When I say that it was free to the one who receives it, the reason I say it is because it was not free to the one who purchased the the gift for you. Rather, for Jesus, that gift came at great cost. The rest of the verse says that God gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. And you need to know the way that God brought grace and salvation as a free gift to you was at great personal cost to himself, even laying down his life on a cross for our sins. And you go, Chris, it has to be more complicated than this. It can't be that this Christmas season, all I have to do is simply receive God's gift of salvation. I can tell you with great confidence on the authority of the word of God, yes, it is that simple. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And we've been praying this evening, that there would be some of you who for the very first time in your life would receive God's gift of salvation. Now you need to know that, that the reason Jesus can offer the gift is because he didn't stay in that tomb. When they buried him, Jesus, who is the author of life, didn't stay dead. Rather, on the third day, he rose to life by his own power, walked out of his own tomb, and he came, the scripture says, giving gifts to men. The greatest of those gifts is salvation, my prayer, is that some of you would be able to mark Christmas season 2022, Christmas Eve at Horizon West, as the moment you received God's gift of salvation. And so what we're going to do in just a moment is sing a song. It's going to be new to most, if not all of you. The song is called Before the King. And what it is is simply an invitation for any of you who are ready to give your life to Jesus. It's simply an exchange. It's giving your life to receive his and as we sing this song together, you may want to stand, you may want to sit, I want to give you freedom to do what feels right, but, but here's where I want to challenge you. Whether you're a, an adult, a man, a woman, maybe a child or a teenager, if there's something in your heart that's going, it's time for me to respond to God's gift, I want to give you a chance to do that. And so all I'm going to ask that you do is as we sing, would you pray something simple like this? God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for my sins. Thank you for for covering my sins and offering forgiveness in Jesus' name. I believe that you died. I believe that you rose to life. And today I receive your free offer and gift of salvation. And then after we sing, if you prayed something like that in your heart, I'm gonna give you a chance to let me know about that and to respond. But before that, would you join us in a singing of this song? it really is that simple as you're seated bring all you are before the king the one who is jesus the one who didn't stay a little child in a manger we celebrate christmas because there was a moment where he gave his life for our sins and was raised to life on the third day and we celebrate that i told you in just a moment i want to give those of you that need to respond a chance to do that and before we get to that moment let me just let you know that in a few minutes as we exit Uh, there's gonna be I believe some pretzels that's what I was told so those are free those are for you on your way out Um, and also there's some fun things that are out there and you're gonna enjoy that um, but also uh, I want to remind you, as Marcy told you again, no service here in the building tomorrow morning. Uh, we will have service the following on New Year's Day at 11 o'clock, one service. And so just kind of be reminded of that. Remember that as we go from here. Uh, we're going to in a moment close our service the way we do every uh, service at Horizon West Church or every Christmas Eve service, rather, with the singing of a, a special song, a song that's uh, special to us, a Christmas song. But before we get to that moment, I just want to invite you, would you close your eyes with me? And I want to give any of you, that need to respond to Jesus a chance to do that. And the way we're going to do this is if you would just, from where you're seated, I'm not going to have you stand up or come forward, but I just would love for you to turn on your cell phone light if there's something in you that's responding to Jesus, maybe for the first time, so that we can pray for you from where you're at. If you're ready to say, I bring all that I am before the King, would you just lift out your cell phone, everybody else's eyes are closed, turn on that flashlight so I can see you and pray for you. And if you're a child and you don't have a cell phone, you just nudge the person with you, maybe a mom, a dad, or a grandparent, and say, hey, would you turn on your light for me? Because I'm giving my life to Jesus. Wherever you're at in the room, I see one back here. Others, if you're ready to respond to Jesus, one here as well, and here. If this is your moment to, for the first time, maybe give your life to Jesus and surrender. I wanna see that, thank you. We got some folks that are going to come around and and they're just simply, again, everybody else's eyes are closed, but for those that have their lights on, we've just got some folks who are going to hand you a card where you can just fill some information out. Let us know that you're responding. Myself or one of our team members would love to follow up with you this week in the most important decision that you'll ever make, to surrender your life to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one we call Jesus. So for, for just another moment, leave those lights on so we can come around to you. If there's anyone else that still needs to respond, we want to give you another chance to do that by flipping that light on where you're at. As our ushers continue to to go to you that have your lights on, and once you've got that card, you can turn that light off. Make sure you turn that back into us. I want to invite all of us to, to pray together, and then I'm gonna invite you to do something else. But first would you pray with me. Father in heaven, thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the one who is Jesus who went all the way to the cross. The one who owed no debt to you and yet paid the debt for us. And God, I thank you for those men and women and children who are responding for the first time, coming in surrender to lay their life before you, to trade their life of brokenness for your life, abundant, whole, and filled. And God, would you meet them where you're at? Would you be true to your promise that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved? We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, everybody look up at me for just a minute. We're gonna all join those who have their lights on by doing the same thing. So go ahead, where you're at, get your, your phone out, turn your flashlight on, and we're gonna close this evening, this Christmas at Horizon West service, singing together the song, Silent Night. And in just a moment, as you get all those lights on, I'm gonna join you, we're gonna light up the room, reminding ourselves of the light of Jesus as we sing Silent Night, Holy Night.